All right. And we are live. Welcome to the Iron Lords Podcast, episode number 97. And it's another glorious Sunday. We're back at the round table on the Lord's Day. I'm extremely excited about our special guest, so we're going to get right into it. I want to introduce a Lord who we first got the opportunity to meet at PAX East 2018. At the time, this Lord was not only holding on to one of the most highly anticipated Q4 release dates for the Xbox and PC platform, but his passion for film and ultimately game design truly resonated in a cooperative love letter to Souls fans everywhere. Introducing the CEO of Aurora 44 Studios and game director of the Ashen video game franchise. The initial artist by trade and one of the very few lords to rock the ILP seal of approval t-shirt with the utmost style. Live from New Zealand and making his debut into the realm of the lords. My man, Lord Derek Bradley. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm good. Thank you. Really happy to be here with you guys. Absolute pleasure, man. Long overdue. You are Lord in your realm. It's only right we show you the proper respect here at the round table. Are you ready to have some fun, sir? Absolutely. Let's do it. <laughs> no doubt. And you already know we have the four horsemen of game. Actually, five horsemen of game. <laughs> Those original lords of the realm here at the round table. My co-host with the co-most. My brother from another mother. The difficult game conqueror. And the how of the young wolf. My man, Lord Attic, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good coming out of here. Uh, today I will be joining uh, King in the Fraud Department. Let's get that. How you frauding? How you frauding? No, we, we going at people that oh, actually he, fraud. He's calling out frauding. Oh, <laughs> That's Lord, what he's going to be doing. All right, so we, wait, so we waiting for King, man. We waiting for King, man. Right, yes, I'm eating Starburst. I'm waiting. For <laughs> <laughs> he said, I just popped two Starburst. Let's get it to me. And of course, we have our most technical gaming lord, the solo gamer who lives for the single player selfish experience, and also the Sastradamus, Mr. Offline Profile Illuminati, and Lord Patreon of the Iron Bank, my man, Lord Sovereign. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Doing better he than I have. not get a chance to speak at all. <laughs> Why not? In that daggone game. I'm really sick and tired of it. I told you guys. Remember, he said that he was going to do it, and he didn't do it? I told you. Y'all got to start holding his feet to the fire, guys. There's still, 10 months, there's still 11 months left in the year. What are you talking about? Oh, my God. 11 <laughs> months in the year? That is procrastinating. <laughs> Guy, I feel so unwanted. As you, as I was saying, <laughs> how are you doing, sir? I'm doing much better. I've been under the ropes the whole damn week, and uh, so I got to rest today. So thank you, Derek. Thank you, New Zealand. I appreciate that. <laughs> the, the late starts. <laughs> so you, you like the, the time zone switch? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Today, yeah, I needed. No, no, no. Yeah, and um, yeah, I've been playing. I finally finished Leon's uh, story in Res Evil. So I did that. And I got to touch on um, some Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, a little bit. I had to touch it a little bit. Um, listen, man, I got to say, I, I think all of us, and, and this is includes Resident Evil 2, we're just fans of, like, poor acting in video games, I have to say. <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's pretty horrible, man. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Leon is oblivious. Like he's he's just a dumbass, and like it, it was cute twenty years ago. But well, it doesn't translate. It, it didn't update well no, to no, the, no, the no, current no. time period. And then, and then Kingdom Hearts. Oh man, bro, some of that voice acting mm. is just not. Oh, it's painful. It's pain. If there's one franchise I want Disney to really jump in and like grab up and like and and and, and piss people off and control completely, I would say it'd be that. Just, yeah. Yeah. No. No. no, no sorry. 
Was that it nostalgic it. enough for you, though? No, I never played the other one. So I just wanted, you know, again, um, Kaibatsu got it. So I said, let me play it. Let me try this out, you know. Um, and, like, listen, the, the spectacle of it is great. Like, the boss fights, it's a beautiful game. But to me, they don't do enough with that. Like, that's a game that every kid should be talking about. Okay. I babysat my five-year-old nephew yesterday, and I said, have you heard of Kingdom Hearts with, you know, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy? He's like, no, I never heard of that. And I'm like, see, that's the mistake. I know it's it's the end of a trilogy, and I know it's it's a Square Enix RPG, but I feel like no matter what, you should try to market that to as, as young a population as possible. Mm. That, those you ain't played half that kids. game. It's not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, the story it <laughs> should be. But it should yeah, be, you know what I mean? It's not the be. best use of those characters, I think. But mm-hmm. no, but, you no know, man. I, I People thought, be dying I, in that stuff, okay? I, I Disney ain't was, about that life, okay? I thought it was kind of um, a good use of the characters because they were trying to get the characters to resonate with older players, like mm-hmm. to make Mickey make that crossover mm-hmm. to... And it worked, in a sense, because these dudes, they're feverish. Uh, Attic is feverish about this game. That's no, it's, it's a, a very cool. ravenous. Yeah, really good. I already yeah, beat yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. I know oh, you did. I watched you. you <laughs> yeah, he's a beast. I, I respect your hustle, baby. And, of course, we have the Incredible Hulk of this, a.k.a. the Excess Gamer. Ooh. The Lord of Combat Sports, who is a man of his convictions, demands nothing less than that premium experience, and is the leader of the Fraud Alert Movement. Ooh. Beloved Lord King, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. First of all, I'm no combat talk for that Kovalov fight because y'all know I'm gonna go in on him, and I don't like to say bad things about bad people. <laughs> you know, I'm, gonna, so I'm just gonna leave that. to say something, something bad. Yeah, my mama <laughs> told me say, if you ain't got nothing nice to say about somebody, don't say nothing at all. Just go. be quiet, baby. <laughs> but um, you anthem dudes. It is. Oh boy. Like. Okay, first of all, that game has terrible warts. Terrible warts. And it's not just, you know, the warts that you can overlook because the warts keep popping up. Every time you you start having fun and you got to go inside a closet, like if you see a closet over there, they be like, hold up, watch this loading screen real quick. And then you got (laughs) to wait, and then your fun is broken up, then you get in there, but you got to wait for your whole team to do the loading screen stuff too. And then they get in there, and then only just to turn back around because it was absolutely nothing in that room Mm -hmm. to go to another spot to do something else. And I said, wow, it's a lot of breaking the fun. Mm -hmm. And then when you do the the hub, the hub world is horrible. It's horribly good. For Tarsus, Tarsus is your main issue. Yeah, that that, is... It's a lot of issues with the game. And we knew going into this new IP that there will be stuff that they will have to flesh out. Mm. What I'm saying, because I've noticed a lot of people champion a game. Now, you want something different. It gives you something different. The move, the movement and the shooting, the verticality in the game is fantastic. What it does do, it does it great. Oh, very well. Right? And it's unique in that aspect. But the warts itself uh hurts the game and i don't think people attention span is going to stay uh enthused with this game for very long i mean a lot of people are gonna purchase Ooh. but are they gonna stick around when other games of the same ilk is doing the better make concern is longevity it's my main concern is the meat of potatoes of the game 
if if you're giving me a game for sixty five dollars and there's another game on the market or two games on the market that mm -hmm. has the same sixty five dollar cachet to it, mm -hmm. right? And giving me more meat, what is what is my um, incentive to stick with this game? It's like you know you're getting water and soup, Fun. and you're not getting. You think you, you, think you don't feel like a whole full feature set mm -hmm. of things to keep you. Well, you, you know what you do, don't you, King? Mm -hmm. You hit up Tony and get that review coffee. <laughs> no, no. See, you know what it is? And I, I definitely don't want to spend the money for it. Mm. All right? That's one thing. So it's um, just that you cheat, King. Is that the issue? Is it finance? No. Frugal I don't think... I don't think... I think the pricing in the game should have been tiered to, like, a free-to-play type of thing. And then they can work a model around it while the game builds. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why I just think that type of game, that game itself... Is would lend more to like Warframe, okay? How Warframe did it, okay? To build up that community, that's what I feel. Fair enough, fair enough. I see you go. Attic, you have something to say on this because I know you were in the, the line of fire on Twitter with Anthem. There's a lot going on with you. People have been attacking me over Anthem, over the Epic Game Store, over Kingdom Hearts. Like, I've been getting from every direction, but I'm still one and oh, okay? Still oh, undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> He's undefeated in Anthem, okay? Fair enough. No doubt. King, uh, what you been playing besides that? That's it? Oh, man. Um, mm. I got, okay, I got the, the demo. I played I played Ashen, so I don't mm. be a fraud. Mm. All right? So let me tell you this, right? Mm. I went in and I said, Thank because, you, because, you know, the CEO is on the show. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, man. I, first of all, we met him. We spoke to him. And then yeah. his representative from the, the next time yeah. we went to PAX and mm. um, at the Microsoft uh, Convention Center, mm. that guy treated me fantastic. So mm -hmm. I said, all right, let me try a little bit harder. Because before when I was playing the game, I was getting yeah. further. I'm not really fantastic in those games, yeah. right? But the soul. Um, yeah, I, I sat down real uh and I noticed one thing. Mm -hmm. The issue that I had before with it, well, mm -hmm. we'll talk about it later, but um it, it I think they send an update to it. And I want to ask them that question mm -hmm. because my buddy, mm -hmm. the dude that's with me. Wow. Oh, he's working out this time. Like he was actually in the mix with me because I was getting jumped, and he came. He was like, "Yo, I got you. Don't worry about it." I was like, "Oh, thank God." <laughs> Lord, Lord Derek, can you attest to any uh, AI Im recent AI improvements? <laughs> Corroborative AI. How, how recent are we talking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> when was the like like how big's the gap since you played? All right, from day one when it came out, I played that whole week, right? And mm. you know, I'm not a souls dude, but I, I think it has a different feel than souls. He got killed that whole week. Yeah, I, I was I was murdered <laughs> all over the place. And I'm like, ah god, these dudes is rough. They, <laughs> it's like they don't even have a curve. Like, you know how you got the little dude and he'll come out. No, man. And then when you get a boss, oh, forget about it. Your skills better be dodge worthy. Mm -hmm. But um then like, I was having a problem with the AI guy then because mm -hmm. sometimes he'll get stuck at a door yeah, and won't yeah. come in. Yeah. Or, or if I go down, he won't pick me up. He'll be standing around me and just won't pick me up, and then I'll die. But but this time, this dude was on his P's and Q's. He had his Wheaties. He was on it. He was like, yo, we're going to get past this level, brother. I was like, thank you so much. The shield bash was working. I got the big stick. I was out there. I was doing my thing. If, if bit. you look, when we uh, went to PAX, when me and Kid played, if you look at that uh, – that gameplay, you hear me in the background say, "Okay, kid, drop drop the lantern, Dro drop the lantern, kid, drop the lantern." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was definitely there was definitely improvements to the AI. Um, just kind of uh, before the team went on, like you know, the end of year holiday break, we, we put out a bunch of updates, nice. and we've been working on a bunch of updates again, you know, just to keep supporting the game and 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 like reacting to what we see people do out there. Yeah, 
That's awesome. Man. Yeah. Good to see the support, man. Thanks a lot, King. And of course, we have my fellow IT brethren and proud member of the PC master race, the Discord chat police and wielder of the strongest band hammer <laughs> you will ever see, leader of the stream team, my man, Lord Petey. How you doing, sir? Hey, how is everybody doing, man? <laughs> Pretty good. Oh. What you been playing, man? Fantastic week. Well, I've been division. I've been trying to finish up my comms, trying to get everything done for getting ready for division two. Mm-hmm. I've been doing been doing my you know the regular Warcraft raids since the new one just came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, played some Ash into this week. It was, nice. it was very nicely done. <laughs> I see. I see. Nice. Everybody, so, everybody, yes, up everyone, again. everyone yeah. I booted, uh, downloaded I that. The one that played that when it came. Wait, wait, out. Where'd you download it? No, off I played it launch week too. Uh, I oh, downloaded that on the the Epic Store, <laughs> and it ran amazing. <laughs> I was I was in awe on how, how, how amazing how it was. How did it take you? I mean, just to, to open another launcher was it? Was it? Did you have to do some coding to get in the uh, store? You know, because you know, world uh, of the is just so difficult to just to open up another launcher. You no, know? no, you, first, you know all that grayware. I know, man. Too much grayware. You emotionally okay? From I, opening onto another launcher, you know, it's tough. I, I, I was I was okay, and then I realized I had Fortnite installed, so I uninstalled that game, <laughs> and then I downloaded Action, and I was ready to go. And I was like, "All right, this is great. This is great. It worked out Don't really lie. well." You, you had to do some coding. You had to, no. you had to hack some. Yeah, you, no. you had to do all kinds no. of stuff. Didn't you? <laughs> no, I did nothing of the sort. No doubt, Petey. That's a good to have you in the realm, man. And of course, Thank you, you. Know we got the Lord of the Cooperative Experience and Gaming Ninja himself, the Shinobi, Lord Cognito. Spreading that realness in the realm of the ILP, not telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. For me, it's just nothing but the uh, Destiny 2 last word quest, trying to get that done. Obviously, I touched the anthem, uh, public uh, demo, brushed up on a little ashen prior to Lord Derek's arrival, you know. But uh, that's been pretty much it for me, man. So, uh, not Wait, did you just fraud me? Did what you just you just frauded me? Yeah, I, frauded. I, I, I played it and yep. y'all was like, Yeah, you know, so he just dusted up because of it. and then you all did it. Oh, yeah, I, the thank you, thank <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank y'all for stepping up. I had to brush up a little bit, see what's changed, you know. But uh, now that we got into what the Lord's been playing, I want to start off with Lord Derek. His video game system history, his journey in video game design, and what eventually led him to become the CEO of Aurora 44 and creating that critically acclaimed Ashen franchise. So let's start from the beginning, Lord Derek. Like, what were some of the first video game systems you had, and what got you into gaming? All right, we're going deep today. Um, Taking it back. <laughs> uh, I think it, I can't remember what they were called. It was like that nin- Nintendo Famicom. Was that what it was oh, called? Okay, the Famicom. It, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, one of those. So it would have been like earliest things would be like Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. Bomberman, stuff like that. Just, mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. really, really old stuff. Nice. Um, I like. I didn't have anything for a while until I got a Sega Master System. So I was playing like Mortal Kombat. Um, nice. Alex the Kid, all Ooh, that kind of stuff. Alex Kid in Miracle World. Now nah, I remember these games. Yeah, yeah, like um, uh, Ice Climbers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I just got I got into PC gaming pretty pretty big. So it was stuff like um, Fallout One and Two, Baldur's Gate, ah, the original, uh, oh, nice Quake, uh, mm. all those kinds of things. Uh, was was actually probably what I played the most growing up, to be honest. And that's like what made me want to get into making games, doing that kind of stuff. Uh, was probably those games. So you pretty much uh, after those initial systems, you pretty much kind of dived right into PC pretty early then. 
so to speak. Yeah, pretty early. I think it was literally my parents just didn't like want to buy consoles or something, and but, but they needed like a PC. You know, like my dad was in IT. Nice. He, he needed a PC for stuff, so mm -hmm. I just kind of piggybacked on that. Nice salute, salute to dad. Say saving money, being frugal. We respect that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you know, the, that was pretty good. I think, and and recently, I'm trying mm. to think what I've been playing recently. Okay. It's kind of tough, you know, when when you're making games, you you kind of like it, it absorbs you so much that mm. like you you actually stop playing games, yeah. uh, or at least at least during ship, you know, like the last six months there is it's so focused on on what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely played. I tried out the Anthem beta over oh, the weekend. Yeah. What was your impression? Oh, oh, oh beautiful. Yes, please do share. Yeah. This. The yes. panel was very curious yes. of your impression. <laughs> uh, face, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, like first impression, right? And this is like really superficial stuff. Was mm -hmm. um, the look of like the the town, like the hub that you start Fort off Tarsen. in? I guess. Yes, Fort Tarsen. Yeah. Mm -hmm was pretty beautiful like looking at like the volumetric lighting and just like the, the feel of the whole place okay um, I, I gotta kind of like ancient one world. thing oh, there i gotta start now what platform were you playing this on uh this was on the xbox one x okay cool just wanted to know clarify continue sir continue, continue. yeah so um no it looked, it looked really beautiful uh it was quite amazing like i'm, I'm kind of curious to see how much they actually go into like the cultures and all that kind of stuff of the world mm -hmm. as they get into it um, I had the same sort of issues though of like really long loading times. I think the first time I played it, like I got into a game, mm -hmm. loaded for a long time. I was like, okay, maybe that's the load, and now we now we're good. And then I played for a bit, died or whatever happened, and I was like, okay, I want to go see if I could like fix up my suit, do some stuff. And then it was just like a really long loading time, and I was just like, nope. Yeah. I was kind of done then, uh, but I played again yesterday. It was it was pretty good. It was interesting. Yeah. I, I agree completely about like the verticality being interesting. Oh. I like that you can just like kind of hop off like a giant waterfall and like slam into the ground. Yeah. The way you can boost around and stuff is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, fall. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like the comment. I, I thought the comment about it being uh, like suggesting free to play for that title is is a really interesting comment because you know. Traditionally, like the knee-jerk reaction to free-to-play is like these guys are trying to make money off us or, or or do stuff like that, right? Or like you know loot boxes, things like that. But I think the I think the whole free-to-play model is kind of maturing in a way where I think you're quite right. Like there's some games that would benefit from free-to-play and sure. actually give the community more. Um, mm -hmm. But I suppose it's like the developers' perspective, you know. Again, mm -hmm. no matter what the model, if they go out to 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 juice it, you know, they're gonna they're gonna do that. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of interesting, and I agree. It's interesting how the how the mindscape and everything, the landscape's actually changing, and um, yeah, to see who you know which devs and, and stuff adopt it, you know, kind of thing, and it'd be interesting for a game like Anthem. So that's cool that you got a chance to touch that. Um, so as far as that, I know you know you talk you talk about that, you talk about going into PC gaming and all that good stuff, and then I want to kind of focus on you know obviously because of the time zone, I consider Lord Derek, you're in the future right now, you're a day ahead of us. <laughs> yeah, it's Monday. <laughs> Exactly, it's Monday for you. So, like, can you briefly describe like how gaming culture is in like New Zealand, like just in general, like gaming and gaming culture? Yeah, um, I would say it's honestly pretty similar to the states. Mm -hmm. um, people are very into consoles, mm -hmm. uh, but there's there's a, there's a good hardcore PC. Like, yeah, I, I would say the trends here very much follow North America pretty closely. Okay. Uh, which is kind of good uh, for us running a game studio. You know, we're, we're kind of plugged into the same 
the same stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, New Zealand in general, as a as a as a uh, culture and as a country, is very kind of online savvy. I guess you could say. Like we buy a lot of stuff mm -hmm. like online from overseas, for example. Like mm -hmm. as a as a country, um, Kiwis kind of travel a lot. Is, is, is just sort of a thing like people traveling to other countries and like you know going to europe going to the states wow. going to asia wow. is is very very common so so people are quite connected in that sense and i suppose that's why they're quite um mm -hmm. yeah cognizant of of what's going on in in gamer culture and quite plugged in to the north american scene i would say yeah. oh good man. good perspective so um now that we got like that career covered out as far as the new zealand aspect and just want to focus also on your start like because obviously like a lot of people don't know you like obviously have a little bit of um artistic background as well as some film background and like then led into like the texture artist aspect so um what kind of got you into like that whole 3d modeling and that aspect of gaming you know um i remember like i studied film and philosophy when I went to university mm -hmm. and uh, I finished and I wanted to work in games like that was all I wanted to do but there was kind of you, it's not really the kind of qualification you get the games with. <laughs> they laughed at <laughs> and they didn't take you serious Lord Derek what's going on <laughs> yes yeah, so, yeah, exactly and, and, and I think the um the thing was it was almost like you know like you, you finish high school or whatever and like you're doing your thing but you almost don't believe that you could ever get a job in games mm. and that's almost like being in new zealand there aren't really many game studios and the ones that are aren't necessarily making the games that i that i played you know mm. um and so there was just a sort of perspective of like i don't know if you could really do it mm. but while i was in uh university uh peter jackson was filming the lord of the rings oh, around wow. here oh, and so that was yeah. kind of happening around wellington and by seeing that happen you were like no, somebody can actually like do this stuff like this kind of thing is real and like achievable mm -hmm. and so um i try to get like jobs in film uh it wasn't necessarily my thing to be honest and um i very quickly uh decided to do like a like a one-year course just learning how to be a 3d artist and right. again mostly like i don't i don't think i necessarily wanted to be an artist i just wanted to work in games gotcha and uh but it was it was good like I'd, I'd done art my whole life so it was a good kind of way through mm -hmm. um and so as soon as i finished that um i got a job in games mm -hmm. and um as an artist and i worked for uh, a couple of years uh doing that mm -hmm. um i still wasn't sure whether i wanted to do film or games because you don't really know till you do it so um kind of like in the middle with, with your decision at that point yeah sort of in the middle and you kind of don't know and so like games was really amazing it's like it's like you're putting this live thing into like an even bigger a live ecosystem you know and kind of seeing how it works and all that kind of stuff but when i got into uh into film it was a bit different it's, it's a little bit more static you know you put something onto a frame and it's stuck there forever and then you just move on to the next thing you can almost forget about it with right. games it's almost like a curse and a blessing that like anything you put into a game it's alive it's reactive it could also be a bug at, yeah. at any moment. <laughs> a few years of development but you know so you got to support it but mm -hmm. it, it it feels alive and there's something really satisfying about that that i really missed once i moved into into film mm -hmm. um which you know i i really appreciated film it was um it was a learning like working at where to digital was a learning experience in terms of what to do to achieve that professional quality to achieve Ooh. that world standard quality gotcha um and seeing that happen has, has been a bit of a guiding light at the same time so i definitely appreciate the time in games to yeah. kind of learn the ropes the time in film to get that perspective on uh mm -hmm. yeah sort of professional quality um and then kind of wanting to leave that 
to go back to games, but not having any game studios in New Zealand, that did quite what I wanted to do. So my options were essentially uh, start a studio or Mm -hmm. go overseas and find a job somewhere else. You're literally transitioning into my next question (laughs) because I was (laughs) going to ask you that, obviously because we know the climate of um, New Zealand and then, you know, a lot of people don't realize, like, you know, from a big business standpoint, that's a that's a big deal. So, like, give me that whole mindset. Like, basically, you took the leap of faith, right? Like, basically, you you left a well-established kind of, was it, New Zealand entity? What was it, Weta Digital that you were at? Prior? Weta Digital, yes. Yeah, so that, that's, like, Peter Jackson's sort of related yeah. company, I guess, who does all the visual effects. But mm-hmm. they do lots of movies, yeah. Yeah, like, you left this, like, really established entity and then took the leap of faith and then become a CEO of an independent game studio. That's a big deal. Like put me in that mindset to just put all your chips on the table and just say, you know what, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Um, it was like, I remember coming home one day and just deciding that was it. Like, and it didn't really matter whether we succeeded or failed. It was like, this is something I have to do. Um, Did Peter piss you off? No, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's it. I'm going. I'm, I'm making my own. I'm just joking. It was definitely just, you know, I, I really think it was just one of those personal things, you know, where I just knew, like, I really wanted to make games. And like I say, even when I when I graduated out of university and did all that stuff, you can get a lot of other jobs, you know, that pay better than being a games artist. But, you know, put another year into training just so I could kind of get some basic skills to be able to get a job. And that was literally all just because I wanted to be in games. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. And so the same thing with this, it was just, um, you know, people kind of ask me like, like, you know, what's my end game with, mm-hmm. with having a games company, you know, cause some people want to be like, Hey, I can have a nice house, a nice car. I can, you know, mm-hmm. one day like, <laughs> you know, go live on a beach somewhere, do whatever, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And my response to them always is like, this company is my boat you know this is the thing like when i retire you know people have those like dreams of like when i retire i'm going to do something mine's just like i'm not going to retire i'm going to keep doing this um and so like there's sort of like a very i i I can't necessarily understand it um but there's a very like deep need to do this thing and uh yeah baby that's the love of the game We, we respect that yeah that's yeah. up, man. That, that's really cool. So, um, yeah, man, I want to get to now actually the fun part, you know, and um, a lot of us while we're here, you know, and uh, obviously it's the creation of Ashen, right? And what's the mindset like making a Souls like that high risk, high rewarding gameplay style, and then also explain to someone who may not be familiar with the lore of the game, you know, as far as like what's the whole you know thought process behind that creation of that of that game. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I could start off by just kind of very quickly summarizing Ashen so everyone everyone knows what we're talking about to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's got like stamina-based combat, which as you mentioned, that like high risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means essentially is that you have stamina that runs out as you use abilities, so you can't just spam abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, you can dodge and do stuff like that, but essentially the high risk, high reward comes from the fact that within this genre, enemies generally take the same amount of hits to kill as you do. So, uh, like, you know, you'll take four hits and you'll die. They'll take four hits and they'll die, but then there's two of them. So, you know, uh, you've got to really break their pattern apart. You never necessarily, like, rise above them, uh, mm-hmm. which, is, which is kind of like a hallmark of the genre. Yeah. Um, and so uh, besides that, um, it's an open-world game. So, you know, um, you, you can kind of run around and tackle things from multiple directions where, you know, uh, 
generally the genre is um, all about like these very tight dungeon puzzles, which we certainly have a few of those in our dungeons. But when you get into the wider world, you can kind of, you know, you can jump off a cliff and like jump into some enemies. You can completely sidestep. You can do stuff like that. Um, and then there's passive multiplayer, uh, which is a bit like, uh, I suppose, games like Destiny, games like uh, Journey, uh, where you just run past people and they'll kind of connect to you automatically in the background and that all gets collated in the background. Um, yeah, and, and so that's like the basics of, of Ashen. Um, where did you want me to go with this? Like, like as in how we came up with the idea? Two part, two part. I guess the first part is obviously the, the aesthetic, right? The aesthetic of the game is really beautiful. It's very unique. So one part of it, I want to know, like, how did you catch Microsoft's attention, right? Like, how did that happen as far as, like, you know, them approaching you guys? You you were, like, at E3, was it 2015, I believe, correct? Yep. Uh, 20, was it 2015? Maybe. I, I thought it was 20. Actually, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, but I think it's funny. You were like way back, and I was like, okay, this looks cool. And then, so I, I, like that whole process of them saying, okay, you know what, this looks cool. Like, do they approach you? Like, how does that work where Microsoft and Phil's like, hey, we want this on our stage, exclusive to us? <laughs> okay, that, that's actually an interesting story. It's pretty right, cool. Um, <clears throat> so we originally put out a tweet, which was just because we were artists. There were two two artists, one programmer, essentially, and mm -hmm. so we had. Uh, a lot more art going on than, than code and code kind of takes a while to anyway to build up that whole platform and it doesn't really show itself um so we worked on the look and we put out a tweet which kind of just showed the the, the general vibe of what we were doing mm -hmm. um and somebody contacted us from microsoft just based off that and must have been like pure dumb luck i think we got i think we got an article in kotaku mm, and, okay and we got a couple of other places that kind of featured our artwork uh so uh alexi gavarian who was um at uh, id at xbox at the time mm. uh contacted us and so um we heard from alexi and he got um, in contact i can't remember whether it was through twitter or through just just finding our email address and like emailing contact but i remember getting his email and being like is this some kind of scam i mean like <laughs> is this real is this real, is this real? <laughs> because you gotta understand at this point we were like people who like we left our jobs sure mm. we moved out to the countryside like uh you know wellington in itself is a city of just a couple hundred thousand people mm. and we moved like three notches away from that over a mountain into a town of like two thousand people wow. uh out in out in the woods so that, so that we could you know your, your rent was cheap you can have a really nice environment you can still afford like a bigger house but it didn't cost you much because mm -hmm. uh, we were just fully focused on making a game mm -hmm. and and Microsoft's contacting you directly That's insane. <laughs> that is insane <laughs> it seemed out of control and so um, he was very supportive uh, and you know like obviously like we got on calls with them and stuff and like uh, figured out okay this is definitely not like someone trying to scam you or something <laughs> like that uh, it's real um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it took us about a year from then, actually, to like sign anything necessarily. And I remember, oh, I'm trying to think of the, the timeline, but I feel like it was two months before E3 okay. that we actually signed like a deal with Microsoft, nice. uh, which really set us up. Um, it was so Phil, it was a Phil Spencer dropped the bag off. He dropped the bag. Yeah, off. he said you, you heard him say yeah. set us up nice and well. He said he said this is where it all means everything. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Continue, Lord Derek. <laughs> in, 
and so that was like a really good experience you know like and it's it's kind of amazing how much support microsoft keep giving us it's it's crazy we, like we've been in e3 twice as our first game like on the microsoft stage is just out of control like you couldn't you couldn't say to somebody hey we're gonna quit our jobs today within like a year we're gonna be on the microsoft stage and you know what that's not even the first time you're gonna do it you're gonna do it again and they'll just be like whatever that's awesome just, i mean that has to feel good especially you taking that leap of faith such like that i mean especially quitting your job you know family relationship that kind of deal you know that's it's a, yeah. a scary time so we, much respect you know for you to ch chase your dream like that and um just like in such a short time boom microsoft stage but it, it shows in the quality of the game like from if if, if the ceo is this passionate right and he puts all his chips on the table it shows in the quality of the game it, mm -hmm. my, my question is this right at what point in time, because this meant a lot to me, mm -hmm. that it went from text-based to everything is voice acting. Mm -hmm. All of that voice acting is there. Like, even when you talk to an NPC that's there, they even have stuff to say. Like, mm -hmm. it's everybody has something to say. And I think that is, is that you know, like your movie roots or, or something like that that decided to make that choice? Because a lot of times it's text-based instead of voice acting. And I think that the voice acting actually, you know, boost the quality of the game, to be honest with me. Mm -hmm. I, I agree completely. And like, you know, the, the things that we did, like we, we did a bunch of playtesting just to see how people reacted to the game. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really interesting. Like as soon as we put voice acting in, like people follow the story so much more, people were so much more engaged. Um, I think there's like a, there's like a, a thing that we do and it's like, there's a difference between, I suppose, casualizing a game and making a game more accessible. And mm -hmm. I think, that voice makes the game more accessible and that allows people to get more absorbed. And like by that, I mean, like we work so hard on accessibility in terms of like, you want your newest gamer who's never played this sort of game, like to have a pathway inwards, but you also want the most hardcore gamer to not be disenfranchised by the stuff you do. So it's like making that stuff accessible on all levels is so key. And I think the, the voice acting was just such a clear piece uh, where I think you're right. Like we started off thinking, hey, like there's a lot of games that just do text. Maybe we'll just do text and it doesn't matter so much. Mm -hmm. But as soon as we tried like a little bit of voice, it was, like we just saw people engage immediately. And it was it was so strong that uh, yeah. we pushed right through all of that. Yeah. The voice actor to... is, is great too, because he's like, well, mm -hmm. you know, the darkness. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I have to really respect that. Like, yeah. uh, you know, there is a difference between casualizing something and making it accessible. And I feel like a lot of gamers confuse that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a big point. I think I'm glad you're there because I want to, we got to get a little controversy for Lord Derek. <laughs> so full disclosure, Lord Derek, I'm, you know, I'm a huge fan of this game. You know, the environment, the art style, even the, the stylistic, like, like with the feature, facial features, you know, I think that's unique. The thing is, I have to be honest, I've been on record for being very critical, borderline emotional <laughs> of the implementation of the cooperative experience. So what I would like to know is like, I like the idea of passive multiplayer. Like you have to talk, toggle it off and on for that like emergent experience. But what really bothered me and like Lord Attic is that I couldn't seamlessly join each other's game without the use of like the friend code. So can you explain the design choice behind not being able to use like my Xbox Live friend list to just play with whom I want? Or maybe just even having like the gamer tag option over their heads above the character in the game. Sure, yeah. Um, 
So like not showing people's names was, was, is a bit more of an easy one, I think. And, and that's mostly because we wanted to keep the whole experience immersive. Mm -hmm. I think like the way we could potentially adjust something like that um, in future games would be something like um, if you invited a friend, you would see their gamer tag. But if a random person ran past you, you wouldn't so that you're not seeing other people's kind of influences come in and, and influence your game necessarily. But mm -hmm. I don't think seeing your friends is necessarily a bad thing because you're already kind of prepared for that mentally. Okay. Um, definitely one of the things that I, that's come up in like postmortem for myself mm -hmm. has been uh, a key thing for us is, is like friend advice, stuff like that um, is, is super important. So that's something we're carrying forward into future games. I think with, with Ashen, it's just like the inherent architecture of the whole thing was so skewed towards gotcha. this passive multiplayer system mm -hmm. um, that would have been very tough to like retrofit that in, I suppose, gotcha. after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly watching players play, all that kind of stuff, like that's an absolutely key uh, mm -hmm. key thing for us, I would say, and I completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, because it really depends, like if, if you're in a different zone to other players, as in um, location in the world, like if one of you is on the East Coast, one's on the West Coast, you would have to use the friend code to bypass the zone restrictions. And right. that's just so, like, the reason the zone restrictions are there mm. is just so when you're connecting to random people, you're not going to get laggy connections. Right. Uh, so it's running like peer-to-peer -peer, as far as from, from a connection standpoint? Yeah, yeah. So essentially what happens with it, like it, it goes up to the server and it finds who's right for you and then it pairs you off and, and lets you go peer-to-peer -peer after that. Mm. Um, and so, it, yeah, definitely, and that's the reason why, um, yeah, the, the friend code would be essential, like, if you happen to be in different zones, because then yeah. it'll just bypass all of it. So you can play with someone, like, in mm -hmm. Japan, you know, and, and you're in the States, for example, and it would be fine as long as you have the friend code on. <clears throat> no, I got you. And, and part two of my emotional co-op rant, because, you know, I can't let it go. <laughs> <laughs> So I actually like the character custom creator, right? I think that the whole thing, I can do my skin tone, ball head, goatee, all that good stuff. But like, I guess another issue I had was like, why couldn't we see these cool customizations of the second player while in co-op? You know what I'm saying? Because Lord Bradley, you know, Derek, I need Lord Attic to see me in all my glory. And he couldn't see me. <laughs> he had the same other character. <laughs> so what was the design choice as far as that? Like, is it, is it just a multiplayer thing, the component that we couldn't get the, the second player to be visualized as in their custom creator? Uh, no, I mean, like, honestly, um, getting the second player to be visualized as they are would have been easier oh. for us than what, than what we did. Mm. Um, the real reasons for that was, like, you know, the base of the game was set up for, and, and, and I guess, like, especially as a smaller studio where like we've got to kind of pick our battles and and choose which which things to prioritize uh which is you know again like moving into our next game we're, we're in a better position again so it makes things a bit easier mm -hmm. but we very much prioritized almost the single player experience mm -hmm. with the multiplayer kind of adding to it so uh it was it was prioritizing those uh connections with random people you don't know necessarily which is also why like you know, not having friend invites and stuff like that was something that wasn't in the architecture early. But, you know, in retrospect, it would have been a good thing. Um, I think in this case, though, like, um, because the idea, like, this general, like, narrative idea of it is if, like, uh, your Cal's asking you to do something in town, um, he's not just sitting there. He's actually going out and helping you achieve right. that goal necessarily and like if you imagine like because depending on whose quest you're tracking mm -hmm. uh that's what npc will pop in mm -hmm. um say one random person pops in mm -hmm. multiplayer 
and then like runs off in a different direction, they'll look like your cow was playing with you for two minutes or something. They'll go somewhere else. Then someone else will like hop off a building from somewhere else and it'll still be him. So like from the player's perspective, narratively, you don't know where people are kind of weaving in and out of your world. The most important part is that you're playing with that NPC who right. isn't just right. sitting in town kind of waiting to <laughs> waiting to, to, to get his goods from you or whatever. Um, but it's, a, it's definitely an interesting thing. And I think like as we widen our platform of like what the game is and like how many features we can put into it, uh, we'll start to accommodate that stuff a lot more in future games because awesome. um, just definitely like the response from players who like want to play with each other more easily, want to yeah, see their, yeah. see each other's stuff, all that kind of stuff uh, is, is really cool and, and really interesting. And I actually enjoy getting all that feedback, to be honest. No, I appreciate you said that. You know, that was definitely a big thing. I mean, I was, I'm the Lord of Cooperative Experience, so for me, it's it's a big deal. And um, I'm glad that you guys are taking that feedback because, um, you know, in future, Ashen too, <laughs> um, we would like, we would definitely like to see that. We definitely would like to have uh, a more of a seamless uh, cooperative experience as well as being able to see those customizations. Because I think the customization is cool. I like the aesthetic you guys built, like the whole faceless thing, the world without light. Everything is cool, man. And like I said, just being able to see that. And I understand you guys are a smaller studio. So I do understand what your point is as far as prioritization and taking care of what the immediate needs are to get the game out and get it running. But to see you guys take that feedback is really cool. So I'm glad you addressed it. I'm, I'm out of my feelings now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm glad you said that. So um, also, on the flip side, I just want to talk now about, you know, of the co-op side is about Game Pass. Like how beneficial is game pass to a game like ashen and that whole player population oh it's absolutely amazing like having so many players in the game all the time is great and like you know um it's also good for like smaller games like ours like we don't necessarily get like super bowl ads and stuff like that <laughs> when we get going so i mean like having game pass is just so great for for just the visibility of the of the game and i mean like i say the, the studio was made to not necessarily make, make money we want to make games that people are going to play you know and uh game pass lets people do that so easily because you know you might get game pass because i don't know you want to play forza or something but then it's like oh what's this other game that's here i'll just try it out because mm -hmm. barrier to entry is so low it's literally what it however long it takes to download it and then you can check it out decide if you like it or not you know yeah. um it's really great yeah i think i think it's pretty cool too yeah man so we got that we got the um the co-op aspect and then um now let's get to what something i consider that you and your studio is a pioneer of and that is the decision to launch on PC and almost exclusively to the Epic Store. So we know the Epic Store has been uh, gaining traction as of late. <laughs> so uh, can you briefly tell us like the thought process behind that as we see more and more huge games moving to that storefront, as well as um, any support tools from the Unreal Engine in regards to crossplay? Mm. So like um, we have like we've had a really good relationship with Epic from a very, very early stage. Um, I guess um, going back to like when we first signed up with Microsoft, we got like through our first E3, did a showing there. And, um, you know, we like it was still a fairly like modest amount of money and stuff like that we had to run a studio. So I think we could, we took the team up to I think five developers at that point. You okay. know, uh, we're, we're currently, we're at 40. So that's sort of what, it, and even 40 is like a small uh, team to make a game like, like this. 40, 40, he's heard that 40 the team now. <laughs> <laughs> and so um yeah we're we're getting closer to that magical 44. But um <laughs> nice. So so um when we got back from E3 though, uh Epic had also given us uh, Unreal 
engine dev grant, uh, which was great. You know, like they're not the, like in terms of like running a studio, it's not the hugest amount of money, but it really helped us out when we were like, you know, when you're setting things up, mm -hmm. it, it, it's really important. Absolutely. Um, and since then, they've given us a ton of like technical support, all that kind of stuff. They always make their people available to us. Uh, right from the early days, we've had calls with their their tech team on like, how do we do passive multiplayer using your engine? Like, what what features are there? And because we had to strip stuff right back and kind of remove a lot of their multiplayer stuff to then put ours on top of it and right. kind of get, getting those experts to let you know exactly where the best points to make contact are there uh without you spending six months of r d into it you know <laughs> that um helps, man. Mm -hmm. so, so all that kind of stuff um, led to us honestly having a really good relationship with them um mm -hmm. and when they came to us like you know about being on the epic game store i think there's a few things like i mean i i, I love steam Mm -hmm. uh, I've got a huge game library on Steam, all that kind of stuff. But my general thought on like, marketplace economics is I think it's always good to have more than one competitor in the market. Can you please you know, say that again one more time, Lord? Is that is that like a com for, for competition's <laughs> sake? Can you can you repeat that sentence one more time, Lord Derek? <laughs> yeah, no, literally it's for competition's sake, and I think it, I think it applies to anything. You know, it applies to like shoes, headphones anything you know like exactly. having more than one uh keeps everybody honest keeps everybody more than honest actually it keeps everybody competitive mm. which um you can see like as soon as epic platform came up came up started offering mm -hmm. different stuff like then suddenly like steve's offering 8812 uh, kick in <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about the 8812 if you want <laughs> i will hold you i will hold you <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and uh, well, like, I guess that kind of stuff's positive, though. And I mean, like, you know, we again, we don't really look at it that way necessarily because uh, a lot of the decision making that went into that was honestly our publishers, no. um, and they they get to decide how they want to publish it. Right. But we were definitely definitely on board uh, because again, like philosophically, I think more than just like money, it's like now people need to worry about like how snappy is their platform how well does right. it run is it how long does it take to launch for people to get into it you know how how good is their friends list and, and they they have to compete on all those levels even though there's going to be a few numbers that we see that are like really important like mm -hmm. oh devs are getting a better rev share on this and that's like why they're doing it well i don't know like as long as i can eat i'm actually pretty good like because <laughs> i get to make games I um that. i respect that but 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 you yeah, know um it, it, it was definitely good um and you know honestly like respect to the people at at, at steam as well they do a great job like they're the industry standard at this point and like epic are coming in and they're they're challenging it and yeah, very it's very amazing right, right? very aggressive challenge and Are, okay king i hear you king okay, king well i don't think King's oh, bad, I, don't know. I, I, I know it's me it's me it's me oh, okay, okay. Uh, out of curiosity um I just want. Uh, did you guys expect you know any kind of backlash from the Steam community? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, like a bit, you know. And I, I, I think there's like, the, there's always going to be that, right? Because everybody's got a valid perspective, and like something like each person like something specific is more important to them, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, there'll be uh, companies, for example, where like the rev share is like all they care about, mm -hmm. and that's like number one um there'll be others other companies that like you know do it for all sorts of reasons and i think when we look at the players there's there's the same thing like some people will be like why do i need to have another launcher why do i need stuff that's not going to be in my library and that's like their number one perspective is that and they want that satisfied and that's completely valid as well i think 
Um, that's because you know we're, we're all individuals, and games companies are the same. Like you know, every games company has a different personality. So like me even saying like we don't necessarily care as much about the rev share. We care about like how the platforms are going to be challenging each other and like bringing better experiences. There's going to be devs who have different different focuses to that as well. Um, but yeah, and, and, and I guess that's kind of like the beauty of the open market, you know, is that mm -hmm. those things can now be satisfied in, in multiple, like in different ways. Like some people might like the way another one works or the way that one works. Um, but no, certainly like the backlash from the community is is valid. I mean, that stuff needs to be heard because that's how, that's even how the open marketplace works. Because now, the, now the, 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 the platform holders are like, how do we make these people happy? How do we satisfy right. what this is? Exactly. And it challenges their like, you know, when they had their deck and their and their board meeting and they presented like this perfect plan. Mm -hmm. Well, that doesn't necessarily take into account what everybody needs or wants, mm -hmm. you know. Right. So, so hearing that stuff is like, I think that's key for them to make like the right adjustments and, and get it right, you know? Yeah, I think you made a valid point because at the end of the day, it's like, even if you're trying to be competitive, with a, you know, after trying to be competitive with a storefront, you know, they have to hear this feedback from a vocal community that may be upset that Asher goes over there and say, okay, well, maybe we don't like it's over there because we don't like the feature set of the store yet. But this now in, ten, in turn now pushes Epic to say, okay, you know what? We have, we have to now step up our store options and the things that we provide so that we can compete and make it more viable so that if people want to come over, they have the same experience and, you know, a lot of their feature set that they have before you know, with Epic as well. So that's actually a, a very good point. And I'm glad you actually are cognizant of listening to the community and, and their, you know, their feelings as far as I'm being vocal about it, which transitions me to what I was going to ask you, which was, um, you know, as far as the Windows 10 Play Anywhere crowd, because when Ashton was first announced, I remember this was a Play Anywhere game, right? So as we got closer to the launch, it was a Q4, you know, I know a lot may have been disappointed. I know my, myself included initially that, you know, there was wouldn't be no cross play at launch with Xbox. So I guess my question is because of the exclusivity deal right now with Epic, is there any updates or announcements in the future in that regards to Windows Play Anywhere and compatibility with the Xbox and PC crowd? Um, so like Epic are really understanding about that stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we have no limitations uh, from them. I think like the, the only reason that we have, have any issues there is just again, being a small studio, trying to put things out on so many platforms, Facts. making sure that we hit that quality bar on all the platforms Facts. Um, is, is, the, is the biggest issue for us. Mm -hmm. um, so we're just taking like a little bit more time because we, we wouldn't want to put something out there like, you know, didn't have some shaders working all that kind of stuff, you know, like. Yeah, um, so, so that's very much quality. And I guess that even that is like, it's an indication of how like competitiveness is good because if if like Epic were the only game in town, maybe they'd be like, no, you can't do that. And mm. that's it, you know, I, I don't think they would. That's kind of not their their MO in general, uh, to be honest. But, mm. you know, the, the competitiveness means that like things kind of soften up a lot, uh, which is good because they want people on their platform. They want to entice you to their platform. So stuff like, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they certainly have not got in the way of that at all. Um, uh, very supportive about it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, man. It's good. Good stuff, man. So, um, yeah, like I said, we got that. We got the uh, the epic thing. We'll, we'll revisit that a little later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and the last thing is like the um, obviously the mindset of a, of a studio releasing a game. You know, the journey from debuting this game all the way back E3 2015 
getting it released to the mat. Like how proud, Lord Derek, are you of the team? And do you have like a sense of accomplishment now that this thing is kind of like you're in post-mortem, like, you know, you're in that that zone. Now. Like, how, how do you feel? It's finally here. It finally came out. Well, I remember walking off the stage in, in 2015 when uh, we did our first trailer and I was like, I could get a hit by a bus right now. <laughs> like, I've, I've done like everything. I made it. I like, made it. I made it. <laughs> Didn't even have to like release a game actually. Just had to like get on stage at E3. I think that was enough. Um, and I don't know, like releasing the actual game is is quite surreal. I don't know even now if it's completely sunk in, to be completely honest. It's it's like life-changing uh, to release your first game. Um, because games are so high risk, you know, like there's so many games that kind of just die in development. There's so many games, especially from first studios, who are overreaching as we were, you know. It's it's tough. And uh, yeah, th 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 there's no like assumption that you, we would have been able to get there, I guess. Mm -hmm. I do have another question. Um, were you were you guys always looking to you know make that uh, typical Dark Souls gameplay, or was that like you know off the the many attempts that you were looking at to make games? What kind of game? Um, definitely like the so, so the stuff we started off with. Um, there was kind of like a high level, um, I suppose. Uh, what would you call it? like idea? And the thing that we the the pillar that we kind of cling onto for like a whole bunch of composite things that are coming together from like sound to narrative to gameplay, all that kind of stuff kind of to try get it to be cohesive and that we angled towards stuff that was um, about forging relationships to things that would, would make you closer to the people that you play with. Um, and then very just underneath those, the three things that we had was that we wanted it to be open world so you can choose your way through the world. We wanted it to be stamina based combat that like high risk combat. So, when someone helped you, it was meaningful. Um, and we wanted it to have that passive multiplayer just because it, um, it it promoted that kind of like natural way of meeting people as opposed to meeting people through lobbies and stuff like that, which is almost like a barrier. Uh, we wanted that. Um, and I suppose that's where the open worldness comes through too, and that it's all seamless. You know, there's no loading screens and stuff between you and your experience that you're having with other people. Um, so all, all of that was like really early. Um, and so we, we, we did a pretty deep dive into, into stamina-based combat um, while kind of streamlining things a, a little bit. Um, our focus was very much just on finding that like nugget of gold buried deep inside there. Like what is the thing that is almost like invisible and it's not about extra features. It's just about how do you do good stamina-based combat was, was kind of our focus. Mm. Fair enough, fair enough. Let me open it up. Lord uh, Petey and Lord Solve, any other questions for uh, Lord Derek in reference to Ashen and its release? Solve can go first. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, my specific question is is kind of about the lore and the world, and specifically the um the literary inf influences that you had. Um, because when I was looking up, you know, the history of, of of the development of the game, one of the things that came up was that um a big influence was Cormac McCarthy. And, and the road and McCarthy is one of my favorite authors and specifically the road after hearing that comparison I'm like yeah it makes sense because the world is again the world is like this this this, this darkened place that is uh, in essence covered in like something in, in, in ash-like substance and it's like there, there are a lot of comparisons there um, is there besides that and, and and even going back to the story of the road kind of that whole idea of like 
uh, bearers of the fire and the light and things like that, things that came through sort of in the lore of, of Ashen, in addition to like Norse mythology sort of influences with like the tree of life and like the, the nine realms and stuff like that. So where where did all that sort of uh, influence come from? Like who, who specifically added that to like the flavor of the game and stuff like that? Um, I, I would say there was, diff well, it's kind of tricky to know where it came from specifically. I mean, there was definitely something I was into uh, really early. Um, and, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you in a bit, like about it, like, uh, there's a few more people in the team that kind of somehow brought that same thing too. But I think, you know, for me, like storytelling, um, spe specifically in games sits in, in features even more than it sits in, in, uh, in narrative, so to speak, where like, um, the option of giving, uh, someone the ability to revive somebody else gives them the ability to craft a, like an emergent story with someone else or um, how you connect with people, how how you kind of progress through stuff. It's almost like that tool bag that you give players to to move through things. And I think that was probably for me where the road had the most influence too. Um, because if you look at the road, it's all about like what this re these relationships mean when you're like right out on a limb, you know, when like the whole world is kind of crumbling around you and you've got these like this one thing to hold on to and i think that comes out in like stamina based combat with uh, with somebody else in right. in in co-op it comes out in these like you know you go into those dungeons together in action and you, you have to uh, put your hands into those holes and then you're like essentially stuck in there with one other person and if that person dies you're like you're in the darkness all by yourself you know so it's holding on to that other person uh tightly was kind of like as we built those features up but um when so i was doing like some research into like blacksmithing and just seeing like the the you know the proper ways things are done because you, you go and do your research and i was watching um a video about um making i think it was making an axe or something like that and um they had this music in the background and i was like that music would fit ashen perfectly so i got in contact with uh, foreign fields who um uh, Eric Hillman or E. Hillman, who ended up doing our uh, soundtrack, uh, was one of the members, or is one of the members uh, currently of Foreign Fields still. Um, and uh, the song that they'd done, when I started talking to him about it, he said he literally, uh, I can't remember where he was, but he just read The Road and then wrote the song based on The Road. So uh, that one's all, all, all about like carrying the light and doing all that kind of stuff as well. And it was very interesting because I didn't necessarily click that it was anything to do with that, but that was kind of like a very deep influence for him. And um, interestingly, uh, we had like a uh, end of year kind of like Christmas holiday get together thing for the team. And um, he flew over from Nashville to come and to come see us. Um, and uh, the one thing he did at our at our like team gathering was play that song for everybody, and that was just like his thing that he did. And that that song's like not in the game at all or anything, but it sort of like deeply resonates, I guess, and like permeates everything about the game. Wow, mm. that, that's that's great. So, will we ever get to hear that song? Is that a personal thing for you guys that you're just gonna? Keep uh, <laughs> you you can check it out. It's called Names and Races uh, mm -hmm. by Foreign Fields uh amazing song like i would i recommend the playlist like if you want to kind of chill out and relax um but yeah 
Yeah, sounds hey, good. One one other thing on that. So did did the road also sort of influence that sort of uh, the faceless protagonist decision that you guys made in terms of the mm-hmm. your, your player character? Because again, in that in that book, like no one is named, right? It's just the boy and his father. That no one in the book is named at all. So was that a, another influence? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you know, so many things pointed towards that of us. Like, I I think in the book it probably does like a similar thing where like the boy. And his father is it's meant to be relatable to you as soon as you give them a name if his name is like bob or something then you're thinking about bob you're not thinking it's about not me. your story right it's not your story anymore yeah exactly and so the, the, that was the reason for faceless ca- uh, characters in in action and i mean I'm, I'm not sure whether or not we would do do that again even you know because it was something that fit this game so well uh the same as um you know not showing what other people look like necessarily where it's other people get to essentially, you know, if you want to take it to like the father and the boy, it's like other people get to play the boy for you or, or get to play the father for you. They don't get to play themselves necessarily in action. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this very sort of like high concept thing, uh, which which kind of matches this um, this game. Yeah. Fair enough. Lord Act, you got any uh, other questions for uh, Lord Derek? Uh, let me. I did have one I was thinking about uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to. Uh, you know, features that you won't necessarily was able to put in uh, Ashen 2. Is there anything that you guys, you know, tested around with, but either, you know, limitations or you just couldn't get it done in time? Uh, not really. I mean, like, I, I think this one came together really tightly, to be honest. Like, s- certainly the, the, like, the friends list stuff uh, would be, but, but that was more like, in retrospect, you know, because you, you almost can't tell what it's like when you when you you're too close to it for so long. You need to like watch other people play it. Um, it was really interesting, and you need to watch other people play it from like so many different perspectives to even pick that kind of stuff up. Um, whereas even when we did like play tests, you know, they had too much support around them. I suppose like they had too many people around them that were like, oh, if you get stuck, just do this, so that they could like move them through the play the play tests. Um, once you get like the, the community's kind of raw feedback, that's um, just super valuable for developers. Um, trying to think what else there is. I mean, there's definitely stuff we would have we would have done more with. You know, we would have done more open world stuff. We would have done more uh, like features out there and things. But I mean, you just, you start to get into like almost like Assassin's Creed level of like you know <laughs> dismantling like forts and all this kind of stuff and like social hierarchies. Um, or like nemesis systems, you know, Ooh. and like, I like, yeah, like you know, though. just not, not trying to, uh, you know, I'm trying to blow the budget. Comes, I'm not trying to blow the budget though. Man. I'm definitely like the Lord that plays more souls inspired games. Mm-hmm. And I have to say like Ashen's definitely one of the unique ones out there that has that kind of, you know, stamina reward risk factor gameplay. Cause there's a lot of things that, you know, it, it, it did really well, and you know, obviously it was it was highly critiqued. Uh, and I just want you know it was it was a pleasure playing the game. I definitely enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. All right, great game. So um, before we get to get to the poll, and then uh, one single topic, and then we'll get uh, Lord Derek going. But uh, last week's poll, actually, before we do last week's poll, I apologize. I have to ask the question. I have all the lords in the room, all the guests. Lord Derek, I need your top five games or video game franchises of all time oh that's gonna be tough okay <laughs> let's go so, <laughs> uh you're not I'll allowed to say ashen <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put baldur's gate in there okay baldur's uh, gate. Uh, 
Yeah, The Witcher, Woo! definitely. Uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll put Witcher three as the one because I mean they, they just get better every time. Baldur's Gate, Witcher's three, Witcher three, Witcher three. Yeah. All right, what else? Uh, Fallout two. Fallout two. Oh. Wow, yeah. that's unique. That's unique. Okay. Overwatch. Okay. Give me, give me that. Give me your favorite character in Overwatch. It's so basic, just like Soldier Seventy Six, man. Soldier Seventy Six, no doubt. I was, okay. I was literally just playing that. I was playing Mercy like all morning. <laughs> nice, nice. And number five franchise uh, most impact to you. It has to be Dark Souls. It really, mm, of it course. Couldn't be, like, couldn't be anything else. Makes yeah, sense. It makes else. sense. Absolutely fantastic. Five. All right, let's get into the poll and then our one topic. So uh, last week's poll results are in and the people have spoken with the recent example of the Adam VIP demo. How concerned are you when developers express that some specific aspects of the game will be changed exclusively for the demo prior to release? The winner at 48% of the vote was fake outrage. The dev told you what was in the game group. <laughs> Coming in at a close second at 35% was the, uh, the I don't care anthem servers still get the Jordan Cryface group. And coming in at last place at 17% was the very concerned game demo does not represent the real game group. Thanks to all the lords who participated in last week's poll. Lord Sovereign, <laughs> what do you think about this? <laughs> I mean, I think... That my issue with it last week was that so close to release i think they should have given you a product that was closer to what the final game was going to look like i just mm -hmm. don't see a reason for 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 that much of a distinction between what you're going to get in a couple of weeks and what you played it doesn't make any sense being that close to release it because it gives people a false sense of what the game is and it, and if and if it comes to things like i think lord brat mentions this balancing and stuff like that that's very huge in in, in a game of this nature then yeah like you, you it has to be closer to the final product. It just mm -hmm. has to be. Mm -hmm. And you know, I can see people's outrage over it because that determines whether the game gets purchased or not. Right. Um, if you if the game needed a real beta, which I think it really did, but I think mm -hmm. it needed a real beta six months ago, mm -hmm. um, I think that would have been more beneficial to people understanding what the final product is gonna be. Mm -hmm. Fair enough, fair enough. Lord Derek, what, what's your thought process on uh, games that like drop maybe a demo before the release? And, um, you know, if the dev kind of makes instructions to say, hey, th these certain aspects might get changed, you know, prior to uh, the game's release. What, what's your thought process on that? It's like an interesting puzzle, actually, because mm -hmm. I think there have been studies done where games that put out demos sell less. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I've heard that somewhere. And I think it's probably because um you know games are like selling a dream and sometimes you buy a game and you know you play it for a weekend you're like i'm a weekend and i'm done you know mm. that was it it wasn't really for me i bought the bought into the dream and so there might be like a third of the people who buy the game would do that and then they just get that out of the demo anyway so then they would mm. so they it's like buy they, the game. like they sampled it and left <laughs> yeah, yeah i think <laughs> I think that's true too, because if you notice throughout the past couple of years, like probably the last five to ten, you Ooh. really don't see demos at all anymore. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Good point, man. A lot like the feeling. Petey, you had anything to say on that whole demo situation? No, I I'm actually agree. I think that a lot of people that are starting to 
play those demos and they're kind of using them almost like testers for their mm -hmm. games if they don't like them they're not going to get them mm -hmm. but you know th those people that love those games and and, and love the franchises that you know mm -hmm. are coming out that they're the ones that are going to continue with them absolutely I agree. Lope, you said you had a question a quick question uh, before we get into the topic yeah i actually did i actually had a question for derek when mm -hmm. when you guys were deciding to build out the character customizations and everything at what point were you like we want to use those polygon feels for all of the the objects in the worlds because that that i feel is very old school type genre of gameplay that mm -hmm. i love you know when i think of those old polygon things for like those feels i think of you know star fox and all of those old type of games and i love them and I think they seamlessly worked very well in Ashen. Mm -hmm. When did you guys feel that that was, you know, the 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 type of track you wanted to go with your, with your, you know, with your visualizations? Sure. Um, like we actually um, started from the environments inwards, to be honest. And like, mm -hmm. if you look at a lot of um, a lot of environment artists who work as concept artists, um, they actually don't paint faces on their characters. And so, like, a lot of ours was, like, about this cohesive picture, you know, like, imagining um, uh, ways that a player could almost, like, sit back and look at the game and see it as, like, an environment painting and, and, and have that, like, immersive nature to it where you're not necessarily getting completely focused in just on your character in those moments. Like, you can be looking out over a cliff and, like, looking at the scenery and the, the, the character doesn't sort of, like, uh, like, light up right in the middle and draw your attention. And there's so many things that we do in this sense. Um, for example, um, the the whole picture is actually a little bit desaturated. As you get closer to the player, there's actually more saturation just because that's kind of how your eyes work mm -hmm. anyway. So it, it kind of mimics that to some degree where um, your peripheral vision actually sees less color. Mm -hmm. um, but we put a bit more color near, nearer the player, but as you move mm -hmm. away from the player, there's less uh, just to kind of like smooth things off. Mm -hmm. um, there's stuff like a lot of games will have a light on the player. So like the player will have their own lighting uh, to kind of make them pop. And we do like none of that. So that the player mm -hmm. sits like right in that environment. And that's because we went like environment first. And yeah, like wiping the faces off, uh, it was definitely like there were two reasons for it. Uh, the first was that uh, we wanted the, the Cormac McCarthy thing. We wanted it that you're not judging a book by its cover and that you're mm -hmm. and that you're able to visualize yourself as the characters and you're able to make your mind up about the other characters as opposed to telling you about them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second part was certainly like inspired by a lot of the great um, environment uh, concept artists out there where, yeah, a, as a cohesive whole, the frame doesn't necessarily always require a face, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, the, the whole look, that whole like low poly look, um, was something that certainly came from the environment first. So we actually built the environments before we built the characters. And uh, my other question was, um, when being that this is such a large open world environment, um, how did you guys end up like storyboarding it? Did you did did you figure it out this is the path we're going to put for these character for this character and and go through the you know with the darkness and you know you wanting to you know, essentially save, save your people, so. That's kind of interesting because, um, you know, a lot of it was um, loose story that we came up with at the, at the start and then like allowed for space for our like concept artists and things like that to to move through and kind of add, add uh, stuff to. But it's also an interesting question because 
making action and developing action was a little bit like building a rocket ship on the way to the moon. You know, you're like, you're hooking pieces on because like right now we're a team of 40. When we were a team of five, we physically did not have like the skill set in our studio <laughs> to do what action is. And so there's pieces of it that came in like halfway through, um, which is honestly like really exciting right now because we've got like a whole team with that full skill set ready to make our next game is I'm just, I have no idea where it's going to go. It's going to be absolutely crazy in comparison. Did you just say next game? Yes, I, think you just I heard said next, next game. game. I heard next game. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> would, uh, would Lord Derek like to elaborate possibly on a, a, a potential sequel? I, I, I cannot at the moment, I'm afraid. But I mean, like, we, 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 we are a game studio. We do make yes. games. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so we're still working on, working on stuff at the moment. All right, so He's we won't get you in, a little. Yeah, we won't get him in trouble with, with, with an Ashen, too. But we can ask... Uh, it may be potential DLC for Ashen. We'd love to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, that, that really, like, comes from the uh, the response of the community, how much people want to play the game more. And mm -hmm. uh, certainly we have seen, like, a very strong uh, need for such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we'll definitely be uh, talking about that. For sure. Okay, so based on the needs of the community, there might be discussions yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> We're gonna get this low. We're gonna get Lord Derek in trouble. So uh <laughs> let's move on. Lord Sov, have you uh I was gonna give this to you. I don't know, I didn't know if you were gonna be here, but initially about uh what's going on in the world of uh the Epic Game Store and Metro Exodus. Have you been paying attention to this, sir? Uh yeah, I've been paying attention to it a, a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Would you like to uh bring everyone up to speed? Is this our singular topic for the day before we get out of here? So uh, basically what's been going on with the Epic Game Store is that, um, well, Metro Exodus, uh, as you guys may know, uh, about it's been maybe about a week and a half, two weeks now that they've mm -hmm. announced that they were going to be exclusive to the Epic Game Store on PC. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue people have taken with this is that up until this point, the game has been fully available to pre-order on Steam. Mm -hmm. um, and other platforms, I'm assuming, but I'm, Steam is the, the primary platform. Right. Um, and people have taken issue with the fact that rather than this be, this is a deal that they feel should have happened earlier on mm -hmm. before the, the game even got to the point where they were taking pre-orders on any platform so that mm -hmm. it could just be determined from the beginning where this game was going to be sold. Mm -hmm. So um, there are some people who have taken issue with that. Um, and then apparently what happened was that one of the game devs got uh, basically wrote uh, a a little bit of a rant on Twitter that, mm. that 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 I saw that was kind of poorly translated. Yes, but, but generally translated to indicate that he was threatening the PC community, saying that if they boycott this game based on the fact that they decided to go with the Epic Game Store, mm -hmm. then the PC community could be guaranteed that mm. their next game would not be coming to PC. Mm. Um, so and apparently there has been some sort of response to this. Um, okay, what's been going on? Uh, I didn't hear the, the, the details of it, but uh, mm -hmm. so the, the quartering, which is a YouTube uh, website yes, indicated who kind of broke and broke talk, talked about the story yesterday, mm -hmm. um, indicated that they did receive some sort of a response from from uh, that developer or, or specifically that 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 individual who who made that comment. Um, but I have not had a chance to see it or what it entails or anything like that. But generally, there are people who have decided to flat out boycott the game because of the issue of the game coming to the Epic Store, especially so late 
before release, especially considering the fact that it had already been up for pre-order on Steam. Um, again, anything, any version of the game that was pre-ordered on Steam before this announcement is being honored. So you will be able to download it through Steam and play it through Steam. Mm-hmm. So that, so, that's, the, that's what we call the details. Those right, the so details. Let, let, let's get uh, Lord Derek in on this because obviously this, the reason why I wanted to bring this up, obviously we didn't want to, you know, kind of like put you up against the eight ball with what's going on. But in the sense of the reason why I felt you were the perfect guest to have this topic is obviously, like I said, you guys are the pioneers in my opinion, you know, you were like mm-hmm. one of the first games that I've heard go to the Epic store. And um, at the time, you know, it, I wouldn't say, wouldn't say it received the, the backlash that uh, the Metro Exodus is getting, but there was confusion. Everyone didn't know what was going on. And then, so like, what do you feel when you you hear about this kind of thing? And, and you know, gamers are very upset. You know, a lot of gamers are very upset that uh, Metro Exodus is going over to the Epic Game Store. And um, generally, as far as the developer response as well, you know, like what, what's your whole take on this situation in general? I think it's all, I actually think it's all really healthy. Like, I think mm-hmm. that stuff is like, if you imagine like Epic and, and Steam are going to have like these very professional approaches to stuff because they've like been thinking about it for months. They've got this whole orchestrated plan mm-hmm. as to how they want these things, like these moments to converge, right? But mm-hmm. now there's all the developers hooking into the platforms and commenting mm-hmm. from different angles. At mm-hmm. the same time, you're getting community members hook into that and like respond to all this kind of stuff. And because of that, you're getting like negatives thrown in, you're getting positives thrown in. And when something negative happens, I think that's only like an opportunity to learn and figure mm. out like how to actually exist. Um, okay. when something positive happens because I mean, like devs always want to put their product out there and like mm. make sure that it's, it's it's in the right like it's going to be be received well. I mean, like I think universally that's like something <laughs> everybody wants. So when something happens. Um, the rest of the development community can look at it and be like, okay, well, that's like an adjustment that we shouldn't be doing that thing necessarily, but sometimes it's something you haven't seen before or there's some sort of dynamic to it. Um, So interestingly, because I don't really know the situation, you were saying that um, you can actually still get the the versions of the game that were pre-ordered on Steam. Let's break it down. Yeah, let's break it down. So the pre-order, the people who who pre-ordered the game initially on Steam, that's being honored, correct, Solve and Attic? Every pre-order on yeah. Steam that went in before this deal was announced is being honored. Okay. okay. So as of now, what is it, about two weeks before release or whatever it's been, now the deal has come to come to pass, come to light, as far as it being exclusive to the uh, Epic Store. Right. And the backlash, again, we just want to clarify, is just that people are upset that this is most likely an exclusive to the Epic Store for about one year, correct, uh, Petey? You're right. It's a one-year exclusivity yeah. deal. Okay. So, it's a one- so as of right now... If, if you want Metro Exodus, you have to get it through the Exodus, I mean, the uh, Epic Store, unless you pre-ordered already on Steam, which would then be honored. Right. Mm. Okay. So that, that's where we are currently right now. And then up until that point, Lord Derek, there's been a lot of backlash. Um, What's happened is uh, games like uh, the prior Metro games have been re- kind of review bombed on Steam. You know, a lot of fans have... Uh, lashed out in reference to the practice they don't like it being exclusive their other issue is that the epic game store they feel is um not as feature rich now they feel that the steam platform is the better platform as far as features and that steam epic shouldn't be doing this unless their store is up to you know to the same level so that that what do you say to 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 that to that and that argument you know of gamers being upset 
I think it's kind of like a chicken and egg kind of thing. Or <laughs> like, mm. you know, like you don't get the games in there. Is the, is the platform ever going to mature if you don't have like the need or the people criticizing the platform or asking for what they want? Is the platform ever going to mature? And like Epic have the resources to do this thing. Like if anybody in the world right now has the resources to do it, I think it's mm. Epic. Um, mm. I think there's going to be a teething period. I mean, even just from like looking at a dev who is now like like just taking this one scenario where like they plan to go onto steam and now there's a flip and they're not on steam they're going to which is you know similar to us where we right. didn't know we were going to go on the epic platform until like mm -hmm. fairly close to launch yeah fairly close that um, was kind of similar to your situation exactly yeah yeah and the, the i think the issue is though like people can't really orchestrate hey we plan to go on the epic store like no one knew that two years ago mm, nobody and so because of that mm. you just couldn't physically orchestrate that stuff um mm. in like a very elegant way which i think you know devs will start being able to do that mm. now like mm -hmm. projects that are beginning development now or maybe mm. even halfway through development now can start mm. to like move themselves that way more smoothly and communicate mm. that and it'll be a lot smoother but right there's kind of this point at which like epic have to like rip the band-aid off and i think we're still in the band-aid ripping the ripping stage yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got, I, 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 I got a question wait hold, hold, i got one question to follow up with that what he said and then i gotta give it to you addict oh as far as now the developer speaking out apparently allegedly the you know the developer for a one of them were on like a, a message board and I don't know if he speaks Russian. I, I, the translation was a little, little off, but you know, from what he said, you know, the, I looked at the, the commentary. Basically, what was put out was that they said that he was threatening gamers <laughs> that if yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, that if if they don't unprofessional, yeah, if they don't you know uh, buy from there the Epic Store that you know it's going to go away from the PC platform entirely. Now, as me looking at the translation of what he said he basically was kind of stating that um you know he knew that this issue would cause re rejection you know the, the need to move it to the epic uh launcher would cause some inconvenience to the players and therefore some disconcert but he says he said um he said he feels the reaction of gamers is hardly adequate he said it seems that the people that did not want to play just waited for a reason to pour out their bile <laughs> he said this as it turns that we the developers for years have been hard and painful with losses to try to do something special for gamers and he said but a category of play players believe that our work is not even worth a couple of minutes to install the launcher he said naturally is there right and then he goes on to say you know obviously he feels that the true gamers is not that love their franchise this would not be an interest to them but he did say the situation get deeper and he said that um anyone who's saying that they they, they you know they don't like uh, exodus and previous games in the assist on um, the series he said that um if all PC players announce a boycott of the Metro franchise, he said, then the next Metro, if it does come, is definitely not on the PC. Better or worse, decide for yourself. I personally feel sorry for the loyal fans, but my assessment of the work done personally by me and my friends and colleagues will not change this. I firmly know that almost everyone who pours this dirt on the internet is also incapable of a bit of what we have done and hopefully do more they don't know what they're talking about <laughs> so he was upset that he went on he went out on uh social media to you know to say that but um you know what do you feel in that regard you know obviously you're a dev you you understand what it takes to make a video game and um you know at the same time you do you're empathetic with the with the you know with the fans of your franchise like what do you feel about this aspect of, of, of a de developer speaking out to his fans you know um 
it's, it's, it's kind of tricky, right? Because developers um, are a professional entity, like, and it's, yeah, because where I think it's like really healthy to hear all perspectives from fans. I mean, like that particular developer obviously has something that they value and like that's that's setting them off, you know, to some mm -hmm. degree. Um, at the end of the day, like, you know, I think they're a good developer. I think they're a passionate developer and they got, it sounds like they're, they're a bit emotional about it. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, feel, I, I feel like they're very, very like into their game. They're very tied to it. They've just mm -hmm. finished and Like I know how hard shipping is that like you essentially bleed to do that. Like nobody, nobody escapes shipping unscathed. Um, so I, 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 I kind of get that they could be emotional. I don't necessarily think that they mean it in 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 the, in, in in that sense. Um, I'd be curious what the translation is and stuff. But yeah, even so, like I'm I'm I'm, I'm equally hesitant to like develop uh, to to defend it as well because mm -hmm. everybody's got different perspectives. You know, each developer is going to give you like a different perspective, which. Mm -hmm. I suppose if you look at the bright side of it, it's like a good, it's like it's a good window into like just thinking what somebody puts into making mm -hmm. a game and how it can make them emotional. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I like I, I don't necessarily think you should threaten your community. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not gonna come out and threaten them, Derek. You're not gonna tell people if they don't buy Ashen right now, there's no more Ashen for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm trying to walk a real thin line here. <laughs> I think I think another thing it has to do with it is how the other metros were review bombed. I think that made it yeah. worse for them. Fast, because those mm -hmm. games really didn't have anything to do with the issue, and to have gamers go out on the um, you know, to, to sign a say, let, let, let me get PD in on this, man. PD, you've been weighing in on this whole thing, man. What what do you feel uh, about the whole Metro Exodus? Thing? So, I think I think it's crazy. Number one that these guys would be so unprofessional but to do something like this mm -hmm. but for me when i went to buy ashen mm -hmm. over the weekend first thing i did was i went to the steam store mm -hmm. and you do have a page there and it says coming soon just saying mm -hmm. and then i was like all right it's, it's not here okay close that and then i opened up the epic store i was like oh it's here i downloaded it i don't care where my games come from I, I really don't care if they're in library A or library B or if I got to go to the store and still buy a CD. I don't care. Mm -hmm. If I love that game, I'm going to mm -hmm. get it. Mm -hmm. So, you know what? These guys that, that are being the way they are, mm -hmm. it, it's just, you know, internet trash to me. Mm -hmm. would, you, the, would you guys uh, agree that mm -hmm. the people that are outraged is, you know, I would, uh, is, is the small vocal people Minority. of Steam? Because I, I feel like the uh you know for the most part mm -hmm. the people who just get on steam buy a game and play it you know they're going to get all oh, metro exodus isn't here and then they're going to google it oh it's an epic store and they're just going to buy it well mm -hmm. i think you know? i think it didn't help that steam came out and made a statement themselves which is right. kind of kind of irregular mm -hmm. like it's not something that they you you would expect them to do, do you they think steam out. knows that this is going on before it happens or you think they get surprised on on twitter just like everyone else? i don't know that they got surprised by this i Ooh. see that's yeah that that's an interesting question because i don't think they were surprised by this they knew and Ooh. i think they used fan reaction to their benefit Ooh. um they did come out with a statement right uh Lossov saying that right. they felt it was unfair it was unfair to the fans they, they, right. they didn't want to focus it on themselves so they projected so, it onto the fans mm. uh, and Lord of course Derek, the fans run with it mm -hmm. i do got a question, got a question. like it, 
it's kind of a, a scenario thing. I'm kind of curious. Oh, okay. When it comes to, you know, games going over, you know, some have more effect than others. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think is the one game that could get announced as going to Epic, but not Steam that would get people riled up the most? Because I'm curious on that. <laughs> because me personally, I think if Red Dead came out and it was only on Epic, the Twitter is gone. Like, <laughs> like Steam's going to crash. Like people are going to oh, be so man. outraged. Put put Lord Derek on the spot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious what he he feels like. You know, uh, is is the is the game that would just push it over the edge? Jonathan Beast is half like. I feel like we could. What's that would be weird? Half-life like Greek. I feel like <laughs> the division wasn't as. It, it, I feel like the the division wasn't as bad as this one. Like mm. it, it feels like when people, oh okay, the division's going over there. Uh, okay, but the moment that Metro Exodus. Got announced. It just felt like the, the Twitter blew up. Yeah, it went crazy. Division's got a following, man. They're not. They're not going to get all angry and pissy. It, I do feel like that for the most part. It is only you know the minority. Like if you're a fan, like you know people have been following Ashen forever. They're like oh, you got to go to Epic. And I do think since it was an original title and it was your guys' first game, I think you you know you 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 got under that you know those flames a little bit. And right. you because you know if you was like. In and it, Ashen it, it, 3. And Ashen, the reason why I feel Ashen also escaped a lot of that vitriol was that initially it was understood like it was an Xbox exclusive. I think it was more so looked as a console game first, and we knew it was coming to PC. But um, I don't know. I just feel like they escaped it a little easier. Because and, the right, thing with the, and the thing with the Division 2, I, I don't think they ever, like to my knowledge, did did the same issue happen that there were pre-orders that went up on Steam and then right. they had to be... The- so, when division came when division came out on steam and it, and it's always been a problem is that when their updates came out they mm-hmm. would get them hours later if you bought them on steam instead of you play there was always a problem with it so for right. them to walk away from steam was probably a great idea from them but i'm sorry in terms so, of division what? 2 there yeah. haven't been any issues with like in terms of division 2 the, the the deal with division 2 and epic was that's something that happened way before any pre-orders went up on Steam for that game, right? right. There, there was no, there was never any pre-orders on okay. uh, mm-hmm. on Steam at all. That that was never even a thought concept until mm-hmm. you right. know very recently. So I think right. that matters so, a lot. Yeah, Go, going on the, around the round table, what what you got? Which which game do you guys think would get Twitter more out of? Mm, I don't know, man. I mean, at this point, I think just the newness of 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 what Epic is doing. Because uh, what I'm saying is like Epic, like, you know, Epic has any choice of any game to get the best following possible for Epic store. What would it be? What would you go after? Whew, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to give it a door Derek first. <laughs> I don't know. Man. That's a tough one. And then in terms of like pe- people being upset about it, though, I think it's like a lot of it is expectations, right? The more that you expect this thing to be in a certain place and now it's been shifted, the worse it is. Um so like games that have traditionally gone to like a lot of platforms or been exclusives or that kind of like people are maybe more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like I think Red Dead was a good call though. Yeah, Red Dead. Dead. Yeah. I don't think there's a game bigger than if if Red Dead came out and it wasn't going to be on Steam. Like I saw people boycott Destiny Two. I've seen there's a couple people I saw go crazy over Sinner Sacrifice Redemption. Mm. I saw a couple on Ashen, but like Red Dead. I don't even want to see Twitter. I might have to log off Twitter. 
I would say, I would say, like Cyberpunk or the next, uh, Ooh, the next Witcher game. Oh, like, yes. that that, that would piss people off. <laughs> piss people off. People want that Cyberpunk. I think Cyberpunk you nailed it. Um, was it CD Projekt Red? You know, yeah. Rockstar with um, what you call it, uh, Red Dead, because Red Dead still hasn't made its PC debut, right? No, yeah, no, yeah. Right. I think Red Dead yeah, right has more weight, right? Because if Epic was able to snatch that. Oh, oh the and you know what? The funny Everybody part is, is if Steam doesn't compete with Epic and lower that, you know, what the, uh, uh, the, you know, the cut is, I think unless they're going to make their own launcher, you could possibly see Red Dead 2 go on Epic only. I know what, like, like Lord Derek said, um, Epic right now has the, uh, the capital. They ready to back the truck up. You know, they got that Fortnite money right now. Fortnite They're doing money. quite oh, well. Fortnite so money is crazy. I wouldn't I, be surprised. Go ahead, so, but I want to jump in on this topic. My yeah, my, my thing with this is just, I just, I think like, like Pete said, like the arguments behind this, like people not wanting to download another like launcher. That's just ridiculous, man. And I can understand. I know uh, Undead in the chat mentioned like the issues with Tencent. Tencent, and I, and I talked about this, I don't know how many podcasts ago. Tencent has their tentacles in everything, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. So, a lot of what you touch in video games it ha it has touched Tencent in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to avoid that. Uh, for me, honestly, the only valid argument that I, I can see people making that I could I could sort of agree with is because Epic is so new at this, because it's they're in this simply because of the success of Fortnite. You worry about that that storefront being there in ten years. Where, that is a valid point. Like, I, do I? You're gonna make I have me go and buy something here again? And who says when Fortnite? You know, because obviously every game has a peak, every game has a down spire. And it's like you know, who knows? From ten years from now, Fortnite's here, and if you're even relevant at that point because you lost your golden goose, like I can get that, right? Right. Yeah. So I can I can get that where you're saying, okay, will I even have access to my my game license? You know, an X amount. I think of that's time. the point of them going into into this is because they're trying to anticipate when Fortnite isn't the biggest thing around mm -hmm. anymore. Right. They're trying to establish a, a a brand in PC. Like they're they're trying to get to that point where they're like, you know, Steam doesn't see us as just a store. They see us as a competitor by that time. You know. Yeah. Let like me... they they're trying to get to that 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 Microsoft and Sony. Uh, money before you know, you know that that point where Fortnite's not relevant is as much as it used. To. I right. think Fortnite will always be relevant. Yeah. To be but honest, Fortnite's I, I now holding concerts in in the games. In you the know? games, <laughs> it's like so ridiculous. I just, I just find it funny that people like now they they like Valve is being painted as like mm -hmm. this 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 underdog that's being attacked like <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and it's it's funny that they're they're getting in on the conversation themselves because they know that the pressure is mm -hmm. coming from all sides. And, and it's like, you know, I don't know what's going on with Steam and, you know, mm. when they make negotiations and stuff like this. But, you know, people always want to sit there and act like I, I literally had someone argue with me saying that mm. competing isn't made. Uh, it shouldn't be buying exclusives. It should mm. be just the ten dollar difference. And I'm like, competing is both. Let me, let me get it. Let me get into this. man. Because yeah. This is this has been on my. My mind, Lord Derek, man, this this whole Epic Store thing, man. Oh, I got a lot to say. Look, here's the thing that I that I have to address first. Like, let's get it straight. The Epic Store is providing the dev more money on the profit split, right? So our favorite devs are making more money. That's correct, right? Two. Sure. Then we got in North America, like on Metro, the Epic Store, the, the game is ten dollars cheaper for the consumer than it is on Steam, correct? I don't. I honestly don't know. Like, if you, if you right. say so, yeah. 
No, I'm, yeah. I'm, the, I'm actually not talking to you, Dad. I was talking to Solve and um, talking to Solve and, and Attic. I don't think this game is ten dollars cheaper per se. It's just the mm. cut. The cut. Is, the well, cut. the cut is more, but I heard in North America in me the Metro on the Epic Store, it's ten dollars cheaper. Well, um, for when I, just, I was on Press Start, Alex mm. said it was ten dollars cheaper. It, my, my, I, shout out to, I want to shout out to Lord Hogue. Um, he had a good uh, virtual legality on this. For mine, it's the only in America though. It's ten dollars cheaper. So right off off top, consumers saving money, devs making money, so they're winning. And then the storefront itself is trying to challenge Steam. So I just don't understand the problem. Like just off of. The, the developer making more more money for himself and the consumer getting it cheaper. The only thing I do emphasize, though, is that, okay, the last minute nature of it. Okay, you know, if you had your heart set on it and then, you know, you find out two weeks before release, the game's going to come out, you know, on another platform. I get that aspect. I get the, the frustration with that. But at least they are, for the people who really believed in it, they're honoring the pre-order. And from my understanding, you know, they're getting it. The people who pre-order, they're getting it on Steam. So, you know, I think at the same thing, talking with what kind of what Attic is saying, like competition is good. You know, do they legitimately need to improve their store? Yes. Do they have to improve the security features? Yes. Do they have to have cloud saves? Yes. All those things. But let's not act like Steam from the very beginning when they launched had all those features from the beginning. Like that's the thing that's pissing me off. Like you got to yeah. allow them time to grow. Now, if they continue, right, and they say like they, they still don't add any features, right? I'm with you. Bomb them. Do what you got to do. I just don't like review bombing, like this sense of entitlement from gamers mm -hmm. to just review. Metro 1 and 2, they have nothing to do with this. Why y'all review bombing their game? Like to me, that like, like you're just hurting the dev. Like that that to me is just, I can't respect that. You know what I'm saying? At the end the of the dev day. And you're adding to the, arg the argument that gamers are entitled, gamers are petty. Yeah. Like and we all, and we all have to, you, we all end up falling under the umbrella. We all have to eat that because yeah. of, of, of a select few. And, and here's the thing. Yeah. Okay, so no, no, please, please, please. Go ahead. No, I mean, it, it just, that's the part that's bothering me because it's like, I do listen, should the dev threaten the gamer? No, you know, I'm not saying that, but at the same time, I understand his frustration. Like, yo, y'all don't know what it takes to make a game. Y'all sitting there attacking it. This is beneficial to the studio. Like, so they, there could be future projects, in, you know, in the future, but here's the, here's the main thing though. And it kind of, I want to tie it back to Xbox. It's like, you know, we hold a whole thing. Xbox has no games. Remember that the whole, the whole narrative. So then, like, remember back, Solve, when they, uh, Microsoft secured the one year exclusivity for Rise of the Tomb Raider? Right. Remember that? Remember the Tiki Torches was out. The Tiki oh. Torches were out. And when that game came out on PlayStation, it kind of bombed. It kind of bombed. But here's the thing. Yeah, can uh, I interrupt for real quick? I definitely apologize. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, I got to go. That's cool. cool. Uh, but you know, I uh, appreciate Lord Dag for coming by. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. at work, and I I've delayed. Work. I've delayed the working long enough. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a pleasure talking to you. You know, I hope the best for you and your brand. Yeah. Uh, I loved mm -hmm. Ash, and I played it mm -hmm. actually with Kid Smooth. Uh, he yeah. raged. It was funny. But you know, uh, <laughs> look, definitely look forward to having you back on one day. And uh, it, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks. <laughs> so Dell Attic is hilarious. Here's the thing, man. While, while the cops go past, but um, <laughs> yo, the thing I got with it is like, remember when the, the whole narrative with Xbox, and then you know, they didn't have any games. They, they do the Rise of the Tomb Raider thing, you know, to get the one year exclusive. People go crazy. This is anti-consumer, Microsoft. You know what I'm saying? How dare you secure that for your thing? But my thing is, I don't see the same energy when other people get exclusives. Like when Marvel Ultimate Alliance Three just announced exclusive to the Switch. I thought that was a power move. I didn't see the Tiki Torches. Street Fighter V exclusive to PlayStation 4. 
Thought that was a power move. I don't see, you know, the thing. Destiny had maps and exotics shunning PC and Xbox users for years. Again, I don't see it. So it's like you can't pick and choose, you know what I'm saying, what you're going to right. tiki torch about, you know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, if you really want that game, go get the platform. Console guys been doing it for years. Like, I just mm -hmm. don't understand it. Like, I get it. Like, at the end of the day, it's competition. It, it's going to force Epic to step their game up. It's going to force these guys to step their game up. You know what I'm saying? And it just makes us as gamers look bad. And all you got to do, let's be real, fam. All you got to do is click an icon on your desktop. What's the big deal? Like, just click the second icon. Like, why is this torture? Yeah, you, down, you download the game, and after that, you're playing the game. I can understand some issues. Like I said, people have said Epic is the storefront is in its infancy. So mm. probably you might have some issues with updates to the game. And I know right, Steam right. has that stuff that Steam has gotten fixed over the course of many years. Like mm. they, so it runs smoothly in that regard. But hey, I mean, when Steve when Steam came out, it was mm. a steaming pile of trash. But if you wanted to play <laughs> Half-Life 2. Mm -hmm. If you wanted Half-Life 2, you needed that Steam. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it, it's just a matter of, of, of allowing the growing pains and being mm -hmm. patient. Um, mm -hmm. all, the, all those other arguments don't make a lot of sense to me, except for the fact that maybe you, you won't access your game from mm -hmm. there at some point. I can yeah. see that because you, you can see it as wasted money. But beyond that, mm -hmm. everything else is BS, man. Like, it's yeah. just it's, it's entitlement and, 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 it, and it feels like that's where you really see the division between like like you mentioned the console gamers and pc gamers the ecosystems mm -hmm. are so different they're so distinct right and the expectations are have been so different for so mm -hmm. long mm -hmm. um this kind of this this sort of attacking of the status quo is something right. they're not prepared they're not for. prepared for they're not used to it whereas console gamers were used to it and i want to say last point shout out to El boogie in the chat which i have to say this and i'm not the biggest fortnite fan but i gotta say you we have to give credit to what Fortnite as a game and Epic has is doing to the industry right now. Think about it. Like Fortnite really set the tone to get Sony to play fair with crossplay, right? That's opening things up, right? Now you look at them because of the success of Fortnite. Now they're opening up their own store, their Epic store. Now they're forcing competition. They're getting games like Ashen and Exiles and Metro Exodus and Division. And like at the end of the day, say whatever side of the fence you're on, you can't deny the the schism that that they are creating and they, and, and what's going on in gaming and how gaming changed because of that one title. And that, that's kind of interesting to me, but. That's all I got, PD and uh, Lord Derek. You want to finish this up before we get out of here? Sure. I mean, like I can, I, I, I can say one more thing about that. Mm -hmm. I suppose if you, if you imagine, like, who would be the best company right now in the world to do a Steam competitor? Like, mm -hmm. Epic have integrity. Mm -hmm. They have the resources to do it. Mm -hmm. They are in serious about it. Like, they are pushing really hard to do it, and they've got like full focus on it. Mm -hmm. Like. Coupled with like a long history in games, like they yeah. know what they're doing. Um, I can't imagine like anyone else could could pull it off as well as they can. And if you look at Valve, I mean, Valve came from the same place, like a company with extreme integrity and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, making a thing like this. I think it's like the right people, yeah. and then add that to like the fact that like a competitive marketplace is generally a good thing. Um, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem bad, but there are going to be growing pains. There's going to be expectations dashed just because like you know. Things are changing, and it, and it kind of, it will suck for some yeah. people. Okay? Yeah. 
change change is tough. People, you know, it, it, it's hard when you, you're used to things for so so long in one specific way. You know, it's hard for people to adjust, man. But uh, yeah, I, I'm glad you're a good sport about this topic. We didn't get you in trouble, but I'm glad that you're able to contribute, man, because this was a hot one. And um, like I said, we we definitely want to get into it. Uh, Sovin, uh, Petey, before we close out and get the poll and, and get out of here. Yeah, I mean, I checked quickly. The game is forty nine ninety nine on the Epic Store. So, um, but I think, I mean, isn't that a general thing with PC gaming and Steam in general? You you usually get these games for at least ten dollars less than you would uh, a console release. So I think that's about on par with what you can expect, right? I, I, I'm thinking that Epic for some reason why their games are a little cheaper. Yeah. I don't know why, uh, but I've started to notice that kind of a trend i don't know if that's because of the the way that the developers are getting the, their cut or what but I, I have noticed that but yeah i've noticed that most stuff on steam is the, the regular standard price gotcha and at the end of the day like you know we, we hope that you know that, that that benefits the gamer chief tommy cloud <laughs> cloud powered ashen too <laughs> let's go <laughs> get these protective water oh my god they, they, they're waiting for ashen too lord, lord. <laughs> man, they, they can't wait man <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this poll and get out of here, man. All right. New ILP poll this week in regards to the recent controversy regarding Metro Exodus move from Steam and now to the Epic storefront. Do you consider this latest exclusive deal by Epic just another competitive move? The choices are A, no, they are just buying third party time exclusives, anti consumer. B, yes, devs make more money and consumer gets games for cheaper. Win-win. C, I don't care. PC gamers are finally getting a taste of that console war smoke. <laughs> that is the question. Those are the choices. Please rock the ILP vote when it goes up on Twitter tomorrow. Lord Derek Bradley of Aurora 44 Studios. An absolute pleasure to have you in the realm of the Lords, man. Where can the fine people find you and what else do you have going on? Uh, the best place to find us is... Um... 844 games you can find us on twitter you can find us on uh facebook and on instagram mm -hmm. uh definitely like our website too 844games.com yeah absolute pleasure man just hearing your passion and the knowledge about this game and and learning the whole design choices you guys made really really humbled to have you in the realm of the lords today learned a lot and learned about your fearlessness man you believed in this project yeah. project man you really put yourself out there you did it you left peter jackson you, you went on your own and you created the souls series that everyone loves the corroborative aspect and we cannot wait to see an action two or anything else you guys are cooking up great studio and it was a pleasure to meet you back at pax man good to hopefully run into you again hopefully at a e3 or one of the next events yeah, absolutely. Really good to see you again. It's been a pleasure catching up with all you guys. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. Lord Attic and Lord King had to go. I know Lord uh, Attic had to work and Lord King had an emergency. He'll be back next week. Lord Sovereign, where can the fine people find you? What you got going on, man? First of all, shout out to Lord Derek for coming through. Really appreciate it. Uh, I absolutely love the fact that you, uh, you know, you, you were passionate about this project and you chose passion over money. Uh, that's something I, you know, I, I, I really respect and I, I will always support that. Um, and then anytime I could talk about Cormac McCarthy as a plus. So, you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for coming through. We really appreciate it. Um, big shout out to Lord PD too for coming through and holding us down. Holding us down. <laughs> you know, I got you guys. Mm -hmm. And you guys can find me on Twitter, Lord Sob ILP mm -hmm. and uh, BX Sovereign on PSN and Xbox Live. 
No doubt. Lord Petey with the outstanding stand-in holding us down today. Much appreciated. Where can they find, no find you? What you got going on, man? So got a bunch of stuff going on. So uh, you know me, it's, it's Snaldo. Mm -hmm. uh, in most of uh, all of my types of social media, you know I am, you know, policing the Discord on a regular <laughs> basis. Discord uh, police. Discord police. Um, so you know me, uh, Division Two beta is supposedly coming out this week. I am going to be on it nonstop. I am going to be playing Division literally all week. Um, and uh, as most of uh, my community knows from Twitch, um, February is a uh, a fundraising month for myself. So all the proceeds I get from subs, uh, donations, and everything like that goes straight to. Uh, multiple different uh, types of um uh you know fundraising type places this for instance this time i'm going to be putting all the money towards the uh, la guinea pig rescue Hi. um so uh if you guys stop by uh donate some money for uh, for those guys mm -hmm. we'll be giving that over Nice, man. Absolute pleasure, man. And yeah, look, I can do here, man. Again, thanks for everyone for sticking around. No Super Bowl Sunday. We'll get you guys out of here. And um, yeah, absolute pleasure, Lord Derek, just to hear the stories again, once again. And uh, make sure you guys hit that like, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know, uh, Lord Kaibatsu will have the audio up on uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. The links will be in the description. I'll try to get uh, Lord Derek's information as well, you know, in the description. Again, great turnout. Um, also, I uh, believe we have um, ILP. We have uh, what you call the last word show with Ebontis. That is currently up on the channel. Please check us out for your destiny, anthem, and division needs. Talk about the latest state of the game. And of course, I want to shout out the stream team. My man, Lost Love Petey here. You know what I'm saying? MJ is a boss. Saw you in the chat today. L Boogie saw you in the chat. Old school style. Showed you the chat. It was awesome. And of course, Lord Delapo, the potentially perfect one himself. Please support these guys. They really do a fantastic job on the stream team. And um, yeah, man, that's all I got. So if anybody has anything else, we can enjoy your Sunday. Root for your teams. It's Super Bowl Sunday. And enjoy, man. Everyone have a good one. Peace.